It's the Seth Williams Show with Mike Kosoka. And here's your host, Seth Williams and Mike Kosoka. And what is up, everybody? Oh, it is right. the Seth Williams Show with Mike Chiselka. I am Seth Williams. Obviously, I ate and overate during the holidays, and I gained a couple of pounds, and my hair grew remarkably really long. <laughs> cool, ma'am. <laughs> well, in case you guys don't know, I am the I am the producer in the background normally. It is me, Chris Aiken, uh, along with Mike Chiselka. Mike, how are you? Good, good, good. Happy New Year to you and everybody listening. Same to you, man. Obviously, Seth not here. Seth, um, Seth spent the new year getting sick and being sick, so he is uh, he's home, right, with uh, no throat to speak of. So uh, it's totally funny, dude. I talked to Seth this morning, and um, and he he called, and I called him back, and he's like, "Hey, man, I don't have any voice at all." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I "Okay, to too." And he's like, do you think you could sit in and do the show? And I was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> right. Well, just like the real Wizard of Oz, it's nice to have a good man behind the curtain. So, Oh, yeah. Well, I'm welcome. glad to do this. I, I love the show, obviously. And I, yeah. I, I, we have so many great things coming with the Seth Williams show with Mike Jasoka, you know, and. And we'll start with New Year's, man. Obviously, we just celebrated um, the end of 2022. I think most of us will say thank God. Thank and, you God. know, and God and we goodness. go into a new we go into a new year with a lot of new hope and a lot of new you know new energy. I guess I know I'm going into it with some new energy. I'm trying to pretend that 2022 residuals not bringing not not coming with me. And I'm trying to be positive here. I'm hoping that it's going to be good. But uh, so let's start there, man. What are, what are you thinking for 2023? Are you hopeful? Or are you are you oh shit? It's going to go go to hell. Where where are you at with this? I I think I'm a glass half full guy personally. Okay. Um, as a comic, you know, wanting to make people laugh, understanding that the world is full of incongruity and doesn't make any sense at all. But as far as the actual stuff that is a you know, the monkey on our back. I'm just hoping people get tired, look at each other and go, you know, that doesn't look like my enemy. It looks like somebody who could be my friend. Sure. And it'd be really nice to reintroduce ourselves to each other this year in a way that, you know, works for everybody. And I don't think that's impossible or too hard. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, you know, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, I am so, I'm so tired of fighting with everybody and I mean, yeah. everybody. Yeah. And, and I, and again, it could just be me, but I, I think I see signs that, that may not be the signs everybody else sees, but, um, um, I like, as an example, I think Twitter is, is one of those things where, um, Elon Musk bought Twitter in case you didn't know that he's absolutely running amok with it he's yeah. he's he's running people off the platform he's and, and i think you know a lot of people are freaking out about that to me it's a wonderful thing run everybody off it let's get everybody off of social media or at and least limit their use of social media no kidding um personally it's funny you mentioned that they did a story on him 
He is worth $103 billion today. Is that all? Jeez. But at the end, in November of 2021, he was worth $237 billion. He's lost half of his assets now, $44 billion for Twitter and Tesla stuff that, you know, tanking and a couple of rockets malfunctioning and so on and so forth. It's nice to have big toys, but et cetera, et cetera. But even, you know, that amount of money can't make you either invincible or happier. So Mm -hmm. maybe there are lessons in even watching people like him goof up. Well, I think the biggest lesson is, and and this goes across the spectrum, not just with, with a rich guy like Elon Musk, but politicians and, you know, actors, actresses, rock stars, whatever. Stop making these people your heroes. Let's get back to doing what we did growing up. I mean, I'm 54. You're, you're what? 50, 48, something like that. 60 ish. (laughs) We were raised one way. Your hero was your dad. Your hero was your mom. Your hero was your grandparents. Your hero was people that you, it wasn't people that you watched on a screen and were like, Oh, I wish I was that guy. Right. Your heroes were people that you saw doing things, you know? Yes. Now we don't see anybody doing anything. We see, we see blips on screens. We're, we're, we're stuck in our phones. And I, if we could get, if we could stop being on, on the social media, at least enough to spend like a, I, for me, I spend an hour a week. I talk to my mom, you know, there not, you not for right. any real reason, not for any real purpose other than she's my mom. So I, you know, and, and, and she's allowed me, she raised me in a way that I've gotten to live a fantastic life, live the life that I'm super happy with living. So I pay that back. I try to pay it forward a little bit. Yeah. I, I think we've lost that. I think we need to go back to a time where people aspire to living the kind of life that people want to name schools after. Right. You know, I, I look at, and it wasn't all that long ago, but even world leaders and stuff like that, when the world was full of Anwar Sadats and Golden Myers and Trudeaus and on and on and on and on that were actually leading people and there was hopes and all that stuff and now it seems like everybody's just got some sort of mental deficiency and we got to stop letting we got to stop watching tv where after five o'clock at night all you see are commercials that tell you to ask your doctor if you should be taking this pill (laughs) you're right because this might be wrong with you first of all if your doctor doesn't know that maybe you need that medication you need a different doctor not a different pill but mm-hmm. you're right. Social media put a really sharp object in the hands of some really dim-witted people. So yeah, they're they're not people you should look up to, and they're certainly not people that you should look to for how to live your life. Yeah, they've made money, but money doesn't mean a lot, really. I mean, in in the I think the human contact period. might make a comeback. Just yeah, like so. just like everything in clubs was music that was so loud. And 65 million screens because every, you know, sense had to be tickled and titillated at the same time. Now it's like uh, the one of the number one complaints uh, in 2022 was that there wasn't 
cheaper restaurants to go on a first date to. Mm-hmm. So people were looking to have, you know, the volume where you could sit across the table from each other, make eye contact and talk, which is a good sign. Right. But people wanted to be out live and in front. And I think we're still maybe adjusting the two years of being shut down with COVID. But we need to rediscover the camaraderie and human touch and friendship and all of that kind of stuff. So those are the building blocks. The material's still there. We just got to do something with it. We do. And and I mean, you know, and, and I don't mean to turn this into a hype for this show, but I will in this case. I, I certainly, you know, and, and everybody that's watching or listening right now, which thank you for doing that, by the way, but uh, everybody that is tuned in is not privy to everything that's in the works, but they're privy to some things that I think are um, are going to be beneficial to this exact cause that we're talking about as far as finding things to do and finding, you know, yes. and, and we've already started that here on the Seth Williams show, which, you know, little things, Will Spiegelberg coming up with charge tickets and Cavs tickets, you know, that's a lost yeah. art these days. It, 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 the only time you ever get that anymore on any other kind of a, on any other kind of a platform is if it's sponsored by somebody big rocket mortgage field house would like you to come out to the Cavs game. You know, it's gotta be corporate. It's gotta be sanitized. Instead, we got a real person, Will, who, you know, Seth knows, and he's a real person saying, Hey, you're going to sit next to me, but we're going to have a, we're going to have a great time at a Cavs game and it's free. I have another example of this. Okay. Just today. Um, first of all, uh, tip of the hat and uh, shout out to Molly Williams. Uh, Seth's daughter is 16 sure. today, and that's a special birthday. But they took her to Mike's Place, which is a great uh, experience. Restaurant doesn't even do it justice okay. in Kent. And the waiter, Bill, walks over to Seth and asks him, are you Seth? And Seth looked at him and said, uh, yes. And the guy said, oh, I watch your podcast every week. I love the show. And for Seth, that was like a wow, because A, he's in Kent. You know, he's away from home. Uh, B, the guy, you know, really likes what we're trying to do on this show. And then uh, just a half hour before we came on the air, I got a text from Seth that said uh, the owner of Mike's, wants us to come out there and broadcast from their patio when the weather gets a little bit better. Okay. So that's the kind of thing about, and, and we founded when Seth and I, you know, developed the idea for this show, it was like, nobody is talking both sides. Sure. Mm -hmm. Everybody is sitting at home with a little bobble hand and they're listening and they're liking what they're hearing. So they're staring or listening. And that's what they're doing is getting their head filled with stuff they like. Nobody's exploring the other side. Nobody's realizing that the truth is somewhere right in the middle. And we both have to come away from our fortresses of solitude and build a bridge. So the goal of the show, and it's even on the uh, uh, promo and stuff like that, certainly all over the website, is talk with us. Right. We're not here to talk at you. We're here to talk with you. Mm -hmm. So, you know. And how exciting is it going to be? going forward you know i know we're talking about taking it backwards a little bit and and yeah in in some regards we are talking about that but at the same time how exciting is it going to be to use today's technology to do this how exciting is it going to be to be outside you and seth being outside of i don't know opening day 
yeah opening day with your phones and i'll be i'll be here in the studio you know kind of engineering it a little bit yep. but you guys just being out out with your phones grabbing somebody hey you want to come on you want to talk about the indians or the i'm sorry the guardians right you know you know but how how great will that be to grab clevelanders and talk cleveland talk cleveland baseball talk cleveland community talk whatever in the real not not in the not in the standard news that we're used to today where it's like okay i'm the leader and you two yell at each other and go right (laughs) and and the other thing is too i'm not putting words in his mouth but we both believe in the common sense and common decency and generosity and stuff like that of everybody here in northeast ohio so you know this is a great place to like you said go to a different spot every week or you know every once in a while and do a special show in our own version Mm -hmm. of a town hall and take people so that they know sitting at home that we value their opinion we value their input and collectively we'll put some pieces together in this puzzle and start to see what the picture really is supposed to be absolutely it's it's going to be fun and and i'll tell you it works i i'm going to tell you a personal story of where it works i have never been to harry's steakhouse and I am going wow. next week to Harry's Steakhouse. Oh, you're in for a treat, dude. Based 100%, based 100% on you guys recommending it and on Tony Masaccio, his bit that he did a couple of weeks ago where he was out yep. there and he literally showed him cutting the prime rib. And I was like, man, I got to have that. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you know, the, the, sa- the salad comes in a great big bowl, the rolls sure. and the cinnamon butter, you know, don't eat too much of that before your meal gets there, but you're going to, it's a good f- meal. It, it was one of my dad's favorite restaurants too. So the memories are there too. Sure. But, but I mean, how exciting is that, that we're doing that, that we're, we're you guys, me, you know, cause I'm definitely involved here, but um, yeah, you know, how, how exciting is that to bring that to the forefront again? It's, it's been gone for what a year and a couple of months at this point. Yeah, I, absolutely. Plus, that's why Seth and I, you and I, for the next two hours, will be doing the same thing. Keep inviting people to yeah. message us, to send us a text with e- input, ideas, New Year's mm-hmm. resolutions, your predictions for 2023, all of that kind of stuff. It's not because I need something to talk about. Because, sure. you know, I, I can talk for hours on end. So can Seth. And collectively, we can fill two hours, no problem. Sure, but sure. we really value the input. And um, that's not the case for a lot of audiences and a mm-hmm. lot of shows. So, Well, and, and what makes a good show is is, is if there's disagreement. Not, not stupid fighting, but just good no. disagreement. I mean, it's good to disagree. <clears throat> it's good to argue. It's good to... It's good well, to share the other side. Look, I, I I know I'm a stubborn SOB when I want to be. Right. And at the same time, I know that I'm also that guy that at the end of something, I can say, you know what? Maybe I was wrong about that. Yeah. You know, maybe I didn't. Maybe yeah. I maybe I didn't look at it with those with those colored glasses, and I should, you know? Yeah. And if you hone your skills and you develop your repertoire and you sharpen all the arrows in your quiver, you realize that argumentation, a good debate can go on for hours before Mm -hmm. it gets personal, petty, condescending, mean-spirited, any of that stuff. That's why one of the um, 
things I insist being at the masthead when we start the show is unless you fully understand your opponent's argument, you don't completely understand your own. So you can learn a lot even with and by and through people that you disagree with. Right. No, you're right. And, and even if you want to go to the mean side of it, yeah. The more you know their argument, the more you can bury them if you believe in your own. Definitely. So you only you have know. to push a couple buttons and you yeah. don't have to get loud. <laughs> That's it. You you really can't. <clears throat> right, there's right, no, right. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing more defeating than when somebody calmly, calmly tells you yeah. that you're wrong. And there's nothing less, less influencing than if somebody's yelling at you that you're wrong. You know, because okay. somebody's yelling at you that you're wrong, you just you're just like, oh, you're just an idiot. But if they just yep. calmly say, well, here's why you're wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, damn. <laughs> I got a couple things. I got a list here of stuff we could go through calmly. This is okay. 2023. Sure. Uh, one of the things I did in putting together this show is I researched like top 10 lists, projections, this, that, mm-hmm. and the other thing. And um, I found pretty much some agreement all through the travel industry as to what the top 10 12 uh, places to visit next year might be. Okay. Next year, meaning this year? Yeah. 2023 places okay. to go. Now you want me to start at number 10 and work my yeah, way backwards. Go, All right. Go backwards. Uh, let me see if I got 10 or 12, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. All right. <clears throat> I have 12. Okay. In at number 12 was small cruises. Okay. And that's an interesting market. I worked cruise ships for years and I've been on all the majors and all the big ones. But there are some interesting smaller cruise lines that do cruises like uh, New England or the Gulf Coast or just little three-day cruises down to Key West and back. A couple days in the sun, good food, gamble a little bit, stuff like that. So small cruises was number 12. That's a personal choice. Some people go, well, I don't like, I get seasick and so on and so forth. Forget anything that ever happened to you on your buddy's boat. A ship is like a small city. So if you can feel the waves, the weather's really, really bad. Right. Uh, Number 11 was Morocco. I don't (laughs) know. Okay. So from small cruises to Morocco. Morocco, Okay. (laughs) As far as places to go. Number 10 was to take an African safari. Okay. Something I wouldn't mind doing uh, with a camera. A little dangerous, but okay. Yeah. Number nine was the Galapagos Islands. And they said that that is people that are studying that all the talk about, you know, the planet and then changes. I'm not here to argue global warming or any of that kind of stuff. But the elevation of that kind of talk has made, especially students, postgrad stuff like that, all over the world interested in going to those islands. Um, number nine was Costa Rica been there. That's uh, everybody I know goes to Costa Rica because the stuff that you pay a lot of money for here, like you can get a bed and breakfast for like the equivalent of like 12 bucks a day. Right. So if you don't have a lot of money and you get there, you can live like a King for, you know, the time that you're there, turn around and come home. And yes, pretty much everything's available there. So you can have all kinds of fun and as much fun as you want to in Costa Rica. Right above that was Mexico. Okay. Mexico is a hell of a lot more than just 
the border and problems and Mexico City being, you know, 20 times the size of L.A. Um, The Gulf Coast um, is totally different than the Pacific Coast. Acapulco is a whole different experience than Cozumel. But, um, you know, the pyramids, boy, you talk about topic for a show. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there there are pyramids on all seven continents. So sure. that that's but Mexico's an interesting place to be. I've been there. Sure. Um number six was the American West as far as destinations. And they're talking about Vegas, Denver, LA, and Phoenix. Ugh, no. Well, <laughs> you know, the biggest reason for that kind of travel during this time of year is places like Ohio, Michigan, Minnesota. Right. West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, and every place that just finished with, right. you know, 14 below and stuff like that. Sure. All right. So you get, you got five more, Mike. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you here. I'm going to throw okay. a big hook and a tease out there that we will come back and do the, do the top five in a little bit. All right. But what we're going to do right now, we're going to, we're going to take a quick break. Fair enough. And, um, and only cause he's waiting in the wings, I'm going to get him on. So he's not sitting around forever. Um, um, one of one of my favorite musicians in all of Cleveland, and he's a he's a class dude. I've known him way too long, unbelievably way too long at this point. But um, the great Erox Sasinski of um, Wish You Were Here is going to join us here in a couple nice. of minutes. They have a they have just a killer show that is getting ready to happen this Saturday over at the Agora. And if you have not seen Wish You Were Here. Well, if you haven't seen Wish You Were Here at this point, I don't know where you've been. You must have lived in another city yeah. because they are straight up arguably the best live act in Cleveland today. Yep. It's a fantastic show. If you love Pink Floyd, it is definitely it's definitely a great show. And on top of that, he was also um, one of the main guys for the last long, long time here. I'm not sure exactly how many years. We'll ask him. But he's been a, he was a very... Um, integral part of uh, Michael Stanley the last the last 20 years you know wow. basically since MSB you know there was MSB then there was the E-Rock years that's, that's the way I look at it so um we will definitely talk to him about about Michael Stanley a little bit as well and, and wish you were here and um one more time um that show is on Saturday January the 7th over at the Agora so let's play a couple of quick spots and then um, we will come back with Erox Sasinski of Wish We're Here. It is the Seth Williams Show. What separates Triv's restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious, and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations. 440-238-8830. Trivs in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. 
This is a local small business, veteran-owned and proud. Joe Berta creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. Winter is here, so call Charlie's Auto Repair for snow plowing needs. 216-470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. You know that sounds good, man. <laughs> what a great, what a great show that is going to be on Saturday over at the Agora. And here to talk all about it is um, our good friend from Wish You Were Here. There he is, Mister Erock Sasinski. Erock, how are you, my friend? Good. How you doing, Chris? Hi, Mike. Good. Hey, Happy New Year, Erock. Welcome. Same well, to you, dude. It's great to see you, man. And man, exciting times for you, man. You you start the new year just. Uh, just bringing it with the with the new set and the new uh, you know the new the new show on Saturday, man. So talk all about the wish you were here, returning to to the Agora. Right. Well, um, as you know, we used to play Hob. We pretty much outgrew that venue, both with our production and with our audience. And uh, we did our first show at the Agora back in March, and it was awesome. And this is now our what we've been doing. We call it our, our annual holiday show. Uh, this is the 17th year where we've done it like on the first Saturday right after the New Year's. Right. And um, we usually do that. It's a little different than like what we're normally doing. For example, after this show, we're starting the Dark Side of the Moon 50th anniversary tour. Oh. And um, but for this show, for the holiday show, we always do like a mix of classics and obscurities. And uh, we've got some new lights we're going to be debuting and some new effects and some songs that we haven't played in a while. Some classic Floyd 
And uh, yeah, we're just really excited because it's uh, Degora is a, a great place for our show and it's a great place for the audience. People can stand, people can sit, you know, there's plenty, there's reserve seats, there's plenty of room to, to mosh if you want. <laughs> right. But, uh, right. <laughs> well, well, um, Iraq, I, I mean, it's one thing to say, well, we got some new lights and this and that. Your show is much bigger than that, my friend. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, you guys are literally the mini TSO, man. It, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a big show, mm-hmm. you know, how long or, or does it ever feel like it's complete? I guess is the question. Do you ever feel complete or do you ever always feel like you always got to do more and make it bigger and better? I, I, that's exactly how I feel. I always try and make it bigger and better um, because the audience expects that, you know, I mean, they're so used to, the grand scale of what, you know, Pink Floyd did, you know, and, um, you know, to try and bring that down into the level of like a small theater, um, you know, is our goal. But yeah, I'm always trying to, to keep it exciting for ourselves as well as for the audience, you know, and they expect it, you know, in a way we're competing with, you've got the international tribute bands that are out there. They've got the big budgets for, you know, a much bigger show, but you're also paying for it with the ticket price too. And they're both great for what they do and they all are. And, you know, it's, so we just do what we do and we try and make it good for our audience, you know, play music with soul and passion and, uh, you know, and some, some cool lights and effects and, uh, you know, lasers and inflatables and a great band. I'm so proud of, of the band that we've got right now. It's a 10 piece band and everybody is just outstanding in what they do. You know, you, you talk about the fact that, there's a real, real high percentage of people that come to see you over and over and over again, but yeah. you can't underestimate. And I still remember the very first time I saw you guys to sit down and have the show just pound off that stage that the whole production, you know, matched the music and, and just blew me away that um, I, I go to see that every time I see you guys and you never disappoint. I'm, I'm, really looking forward i'm glad you're back uh, i'm glad one of the few reasons why i'm glad it's this time of year but um well, in addition in, in addition to the saturday show which i hope you know is standing room only and there is no room to mosh <laughs> is it true because i got a family obligation i'll be real honest with you uh, but are you in akron in april yes um, oh, i will see you see. there we're starting our Dark Side of the Moon tour um, on the 28th of January in Warren Perfect. at the Robbins Theater. Okay. Um, and then in April, then, yeah, we start April 1st is at the uh, Akron Civic Theater. And nice. that's our uh, show that we do about every 18 months or so that's a benefit for the Akron Children's Hospital. Perfect. And this is our seventh time that we're doing that. So far, we've raised over $140,000 wow. from our shows over the last seven years for Akron Children's Hospital. And and that that will be yeah our northeast uh, Ohio debut of the uh, the dark side of the moon fiftieth and beyond tour, wow. and uh, then we go to New York, then we go to we got Columbus, and then in the summertime is the big you know outdoor events that we usually do as well. Yes, right you, know, you don't know we've just met tonight, but I'm a stand up comic, and before one of the shows. Sure. Um, you'll look around and see people like a little more our age and so on and so forth. And it's just really funny going back to the very first time I saw Pink Floyd and to think nowadays that people that go to the show now, uh, who'd have thought that our drug of choice would be Coumadin? 
<laughs> oh, Mike. <laughs> well, let, let, let me ask you this, E-Rock, and it's it's just from, from watching the industry a lot, and I see, you know, you mentioned about the bigger, the international bands having the bigger, um, the bigger budgets, and I get that. That being said, it seems like America's starting to get that now. And, and I'll, I'm pointing to a very specific band, but there's a ton like it. There's a band out there called Leonid, and they're they're Russian guys, and they do the Chicago tribute. Chicago, they do yeah. it, they do it as well or better than Chicago does today. Yeah, I would put you guys in that same boat. One because well, Pink Floyd doesn't do anything anymore, really, right. and two. <clears throat> Too, I mean, I've seen the show as everybody has seen you guys' show. It's so accurate and appropriate to the the vibe of an actual Pink Floyd show. Yeah. So are you seeing out there changes to where people are stopping stopping so much being dependent on saying, well, I'm not going because it's not Pink Floyd? Because, you know, back in, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, there was a stigma to being a tribute band. Sure. Now it it seems like everybody's on board now as long as they can hear the music and as well as long as it's performed well. Right. Fair? Well, as our you know as our musical icons age and retire and pass away, yeah. You know, it's becomes, you know, people still want to have that communal celebration of the music. Mm-hmm. And you know, and celebrate it with everybody and and you know, because it's like the soundtrack to their lives in many instances, you know. We've been doing this for 28 years. And yeah, when we started, it was still, you know, there was a bit of a stigma with that. But, you know, Cleveland's always been, I guess, you know, they say Cleveland's a tribute town. You know, and that all started with Moonlight Drive, you know, Bill right. John doing that back in the uh, in the late 70s and 80s. And, um, you know, and then and we started doing the, the actually with, uh, even before that, with uh, Harvest doing our Pink Floyd Review starting in 1988. Right. And um, just, you know, when I was, after I'd gotten out of John Carroll doing the metal show that I went to do in the, uh, doing, uh, uh, you know, Pink Floyd as well as, as well as playing full time. And, uh, so yeah, people, it's, you know, it, it, if, if you get musicians that are passionate about what they do and putting on a show that people will enjoy, you know, there's uh, certainly, yeah, the stigma has, has pretty much gone off in many ways. Certainly. Yeah. Now, now E-Rock, you, you obviously, for people that don't know, you are a full-time musician. That's your gig, you know, whether it's doing the duo shows or wish you were here or, you know, for years it was the resonators and, you know, Michael Stanley as well. The pandemic hits. How do you survive the pandemic where basically your entire livelihood, as well as a lot of other people's, but your entire livelihood was just said, well, you can sit home. How do you survive that? Well, vodka helped. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, (laughs) And Jägermeister. Uh, Vodka is my home drink. Jäger is my, my gig drink. Um, but uh, that, it was really, we survived. Yeah, it was a challenge. But, um, you know, I had some government, uh, you know, the grants that I applied for because I was a full-time musician, sure. you know, and it's all in the books. So it's, you know, legit and above uh, above ground. And um, but also the generosity of a lot of our super fans. You know, we did some Facebook live streams. And, um, and we had our friends that watched it and hung out with us, you know, via the, via the interwebs. And, uh, it was a beautiful thing. And that really helped out a lot. We've got, I mean, just with, you know, not just wish you were here, but yeah, with Michael Stanley fans and fans of ours and friends of ours that come out and see us, you know, doing our duo shows and 
my other tribute bands, the Neil Young Tribute Harvest and right. Sugar Magnolia, Grateful Dead Tribute. It's uh, so yeah, it was the generosity of a lot of our fans and friends uh, really got us through that. But then, you know, then likewise, once shows started opening up again, now, like on the big sense, the theater shows and that still took a while to get up to full speed. But like the outdoor shows with the duo and stuff, the, those have been these last two summers have been better than the summers that we had pre pandemic, hmm. which is pretty wild. Excellent. Well, one of the things that I've been hearing from a lot of musicians is that getting equipment is now hard, like getting trucks and getting backline and getting, you know, everything is hard. You guys have a huge stage show. I mean, you guys are not, you guys are a long way from throwing it in the back of the car and, you know, <laughs> making your way, you know, yeah. have, have you had any of those kind of um, those issues with um, wish you were here? luckily no because um it helps who you align with our our front of house sound man is uh, rich Masaryk, who runs vertical sound and they're like the biggest one of the biggest sound companies in cleveland so in that respect it's been good yeah ordering some things yeah we've had to wait for you know gear like there's you know some some supply chain issues for certain things but nothing that's uh, affected us negatively you know good. fortunately but yeah, that is a big problem though. They like they've been worked, the sound companies, production companies have been working overtime and you know, and having to get people, you know, to work for them is, is difficult because it's you know, again, yeah. like people aren't working as much as they should be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, whatever the I reasons are. Don't get that either. It's gotten <laughs> very, you know, it is. It's it's definitely a, a nutty world. Well, um, E Rock, you know, for for a lot of people, I I, I think most Cleveland people obviously were were aware of your involvement with Michael Stanley. And of course, obviously Michael passed, which, you know, super, super unfortunate and, you know, lost a Cleveland icon really, you know, and for you as somebody that was directly working with Michael and, you know, I'm sure had, you know, 30 year friendship as, as well, you know, talk a little bit about not so much his passing, but, you know, kind of what the, what the feel and the vibe of the city has been for you and for, you know, cause I know you guys are, you know, trying to keep the the legacy alive as well. So talk a little bit about that if you would. Right. Well, it was, it, it's all been uh, a long, strange trip and kind of surreal because, you know, I grew up, you know, my sister had stage pass the album and, and, you know, uh, um, you know, playing He Can't Love You and Strike Up the Band in, in a band when I was in ninth and 10th grade. And then, you know, working in radio, I had you know, worked in radio for 20 years and uh, along with doing music and getting to know Michael first at the radio station, working at WNCX with him was very cool. And and then when he asked me to be in the band, I mean, that was even more, you know, kind of surreal. I never had to audition um and as i used to joke with him i say you know yeah you hired me for the first gig and you never told me i got the job but you just kept <laughs> calling me for, <laughs> kept for calling and 28 years later you know uh, i had a great 28 year um run with that with michael wow. and uh but so yeah it was kind of cool because yeah there is like the whole myth and the icon and so many people that are in awe of him because he's you know is as big as you know any other act like springsteen or whoever else you know Sure. Cleveland and but yet he was you know he was Michael this my friend who you know I worked with in radio and then played with and hung out with backstage and and you know went to his house to record and 
um, you know, and hung out at the radio station, eating pretzels in the on-air studio, you know, and talking about how, how the how the segues could go from, you know, Black Sabbath into Margaritaville, you know, from Paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> we had fun like that. So, yeah, it, it, it's been kind of, you know, a dual, you know, a dichotomy there of, you know, the friend and, and the person versus the icon and the image of what everybody, you know, knows. And I mean, it was great to be, to get swept along with that and play at the Rock Hall with Joe Walsh. Uh, we played at Clemson Stadium opening for the Eagles. Um, just, you know, I've got to meet so many people, people that are close friends of mine now that I met through, you know, that were Michael Stanley fans originally and now come to see me play. And and it's just, it's been quite an emotional thing. And when, when that all came to a it, it was weird because it didn't just come to a sudden halt. You know, it was the pandemic. We did these killer mm-hmm. shows at, you know, the end of 2019 and, and beginning of 20. And uh, and then like a week later, everything shut down. Right. And then, you know, then later in the year, you know, a year later or soon, you know, by the next year, he, you know, we got the diagnosis of cancer. And and then it's like, OK, you know what's going to happen next. But it's like you still right. don't want to necessarily face it. And, then it happens. And, and so it's been great to see, you know, I think Cleveland realizes now what they lost many, you know, cause hardcore fan base didn't cause they've been, you know, he's always had a hardcore fan base. Sure. Right. And, but like a lot of the people now that, you know, that say, Oh man, I wish I would have, you know, come out to see him or, Oh, I would have went to blossom, but you know, that, that kind of thing. But, uh, right. Yeah. Do, what, the, what, what response, and let me word this differently. I was going to say it one way. Let me say it another way. Do you feel either a responsibility or just a passion to continue the celebration of that music, to keep that music alive? Because really, I mean, I think most people do realize that it's you and the, and that band that you guys were together with for the last so many years that kept that music going and kept Michael quite honestly kept pushing him forward you know and now without him i know there's been talks and shows here and there but you know do you what do you feel is your place now to keep that music going if anything well i i think again it's yeah it's like kind of what you say there is a passion i mean that music was a part of my life for 28 years and and working with you know the people that i was working with and yeah, it's uh, people still, you know, people want to hear it. You know, it's great. You know, I mean, I've been playing Michael's music in my cover band, you know, my duo and such, you know, sure. for a long time. But now all of a sudden there's other people that are starting to make work that into their sets and their fan audiences are, are digging it because, um, yeah, people still want to hear it. People, you know, they want to be taken back, just like the tribute, uh, you know, the whole tribute band thing in general. And in a way, yeah, I mean, I feel like, okay, I'm, I was one of those that, that did a part of it and I'd like to continue doing that wherever I can, if it feels right, if it's, you know, the right thing. Um, Michael's daughters are doing a a grand thing with line level music and, you know, getting merch out to people and, you know, remembrances that way. And they've supported, you know, everything that, that, you know, we've been trying to do here with, you know, the resonator shows again, it's just, it's been difficult because, you know, we've had other, you know, as everybody in the band gets older and I'm, you know, the young guy of the band, but like everybody else was, you know, well, you're what, 22, 23. <laughs> uh, very good. Yeah. Yeah, bingo. <clears throat> we 30. all are. Yeah. It's our I'm new year's resolution. Yeah. 
I'm 57, but most of the other guys are like 10, 15 years older than me. So it's, uh, yeah, it becomes, you know, a thing of like doing what you can with the people while that you love while you can. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, you know, how I want to go forward with it, at least, you know, doing it wherever I can, where it feels right. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Well, you've said a bunch of different things, and I really hope that that is the lesson that comes out of COVID is for all of us to appreciate and not take for granted and put more effort into the enjoyment and the camaraderie and all of that stuff with colleagues and friends. And you don't have to be even a musician to make that happen. You can do it around, you know, friends and family and stuff. But, um, it's good to see that one. It certainly, you know, one of the pages in the chapter of stuff that people are proud of Cleveland for. And the only other thing I thought of in just sitting here and listening to everything is um, I thought of all the local people or people that have not forgotten where they came from and so on and so forth that after Michael passed, I thought that uh, Joe Walsh's tribute was pretty, pretty fitting. And, and um, that once again, it was like, yeah, he's from Cleveland too. So, or at least the area. Yeah. And that would that was enjoyable too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, then, go ahead, Iraq. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, and other people, you know, Paul Stanley from Kiss, you know, uh, yeah, sure. chimed in, and you know, Stephen King, and you know, just it's, and and in the industry wide, you know, he 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 was respected, and, uh, and you know, I think that's that's going to be part of his legacy as well. Sure. So will we eventually see White Lines on the Highway, the um, MSB tribute from Iraq? <laughs> uh, probably not uh, I, I don't know if I would you know there's already a band out there now doing doing that but um, you know I'd, I'd like to do just things here and there with my own and you know and get together and do things a little more organically just you know because but uh, yeah that's it's you know it's for everybody and you know and that that's a beautiful thing however people want to celebrate his music is is you know fine with us it's fine with me at least you know and and sure. should be you know absolutely he, his music was for everybody right definitely yep. another one that's another thing that's for everybody is the duo gigs and i don't want to not cover the duo gig. i know we're talking wish you were here mainly but i definitely want to talk about your duo gigs wow. they are fun i'll just you know as somebody that's seen them a couple of times and the the last the last time i think was the last time i saw you was at the uh was it at the Joe Cleon showing the Joe and Anastasia art showing and you guys were playing. Oh yeah. One of the galleries. Yeah. Yeah. And that was such a fun time. And you guys were just being goofy and being silly and having fun, which is kind of what the duo shows are. So for people that are not aware, talk about a little bit about the duo shows and where people can find out where those are. Cause those are, unless I'm mistaken, those are where they can see you the most, right? Yeah. That's my bread and butter. I mean, I, I play about 200 and I've been averaged since 2007. I've averaged about 210 gigs a year and probably good 75% of that. 75% of that is probably is our duo. That's with uh, myself and Jim Tighe, who I've been playing with since 1987 with Harvest and, uh, and wish you were here. And we also did the archivist, but yeah, we're, we're entertainers, you know, that's what we do. And uh, with that, and so we're performing music that we like to play music that, you know, our, friends like to hear um you know and uh originals that we have written over the years you know we throw a few of those in mostly classic rock stuff you know from the main artists like you know the the floyd neil young beatles stones 
NCX kind of playlist, but also, <laughs> you know, we'll do some uh, um, Johnny Cash, you know, a little bit of Bob Marley. It, it's about entertaining, you know, and having a good time and doing shots, you know, drinking vicariously through with the band or through the band. <laughs> you know, people love to buy it. You know, we make sure the bars are stocked with Jaeger because people like people like having that involvement, buying shots and doing shots with you, you know. Yeah. Well, you're on stage doing it and they're doing it. It's yeah. uh it's become a, a camaraderie thing, you know, something that, you know, because we're we're our music fans too, you know, we're just, you know, we don't have a roadie set up our our duo gig stuff. We right. Do. We truck it ourselves, you know, right. hauling in and we deal with, with the drunk woman who's in front of us saying, come on, come on, play something to dance, you know. That's what we have to say. What do you dance to? Play groove thing or whatever. That's, right. that's New Year's Eve the other night, you know. Just dealing with that. But so, yeah, that's a, a classic. Our, our website with all our gigs for that is classicrockduo.com. Okay. Excellent. So, classicrockduo.com. Excellent. And, oh, on Facebook. Cool. Now, 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 E-Rock, I'm, I'm always curious about this, and, and I'm going to preface this with my own story. When I was going hot and heavy, when I had my music magazine and was doing the metal show and was doing, you know, music, 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 I got to where I couldn't listen to anything. I just could not, you know, I, I would find myself definitely not listening to metal. And I, I spent like a lot, a long period of time listening to like 60s and 70s stuff that was away from the work mm-hmm. uh, where are you with that can you listen to the wall or do you just like i've you know you've played it so many times and maybe the occasional obscured by clouds but for the most part you're not going to you know the 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 bread and butter of a, of a band that you perform with um you know actually with me no i'm not that uh <laughs> i can i can uh, you know if if comfortably comes Numb comes on the radio and I'm driving in the car. Um, I'll listen to it. I'll, I'll okay. try and catch something else. I, you know, my goal has always been, especially as the leader of the band, is to, you know, when we're learning a new song, it's like I don't have to just know my parts. I've got to know pretty much everybody else what they have to be playing, because that's what the people are are expecting to hear. You know, sure. everybody's expecting to hear something a certain way, and so I'm kind of a stickler for that. And but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, well, yeah, I won't sit and maybe put on the wall, but I have no problem listening to it. If I got to, uh, you know, rehearse for it, I'll go deep, um, into the Floyd catalog. Like I did recently, um, with the box sets, you know, the immersion box sets. And I sure a bunch of that <clears throat> obscured it's... by clouds. I could put on over and over. Cause that's a great, uh, right. <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not played to death on, on radio, but, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, and it's funny because you mentioned that, like with the metal and everything, because, you know, I started off doing uh, heavy metal at uh, right. John Carroll's radio station at WJC in the 80s, you know, and got into that. But then once I quit doing the show and I hooked up with Jim, I started getting more like into the Grateful Dead and playing, you know, with bands. I wasn't really playing in a metal, much hard rock or metal at that point and got away from it. But then but always still kept my roots in that, you know, and. And then came back to a lot of it again, um, just as I got more diverse in my tastes. Um, I'll tell you, though, it is hard for me to listen to, to some Michael Stanley stuff right now, to be honest. Emotionally hard? That Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not because you, not you don't want to hear the songs. It's just more. Right. I can. And I'm actually, I can listen to MSB more than it's. I mean, I can listen to it if it's on and uh, you know, sure. break down. But 
for me to be it's almost like I don't I don't know maybe not I don't, say I don't want to deal with it but it, it is hard for me to like to go to one of the albums that I might be on it and want to put it on and listen to it because that probably will be a little tough oh sure but, well, and, and you, you, you know, an, an interesting thing, man, is, and I don't think most people even realize this. I don't think most people realize how deep the catalog post MSB actually is. Mm-hmm. There's a ton. I didn't realize it. And I, I thought of myself as a huge fan. And oh. then I like Spotify or whatever. There's like 20 records or something. Yeah, that's this whole row here. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think it's, that's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> This is all MS, all Michael Stanley and MSB and a lot of doubles up here too. But yeah, yeah, that's oh yeah, he was put got very prolific, you know, very prolific yeah, and, in his last, you know, twenty five years. Yeah, and I mean they they some of those records are are fantastic. I mean oh. they they really are. He really grew as a songwriter and you know a lyricist. His lyrics were just brilliant, and yeah. you know, and he he found his niche in terms of like how he liked songs the kind of music that he liked to write and perform yeah and uh yeah it's uh for the the fans uh, that that stayed with it and you know followed him or discovered him you know it's very it's been very rewarding for them i know sure i always know for me personally and this is you could tell me that i'm dead wrong on this and that's fine but i always thought that the key to his post msb writing success was that he wasn't leaning anymore on kevin raleigh where mm-hmm. where I almost felt like in the MSB days, he kind of had to write songs for Kevin or or they wrote songs together where mm-hmm. once he got away from that, he could get a little bit deeper. He could write a little more emotional and he could write a little more true to himself. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It wasn't about having to write to have a hit. It, he wasn't right. writing songs. And that's because that was their goal. You know, I mean, they're, they're, your goal is as a band, you know, is to become successful and, and get that. And that was actually one thing he said when, you know, a lot of people ask him, would ask him, you know, what, you know, how does it feel like that you didn't become, you know, real big, you know, you didn't make it nationally as big as what, you know, they did yeah. somewhat, but not to the extent. And he said, actually, you know, in a way it was a blessing because it allowed him to be become the artist that he became where he could do what he wants to do. He could write music and, and perform music the way he wanted to do it, as opposed to having to write for someone else. Right and, um, and he, you know, and he, made a good living for himself, you know, he, he, cause he went into, you know, he did TV, then he did radio and that afforded him a good, you know, lifestyle where he could then make music for himself. Right. And for his hardcore fans and that he really enjoyed that. And so that's what he would, would tell me. And I read in interviews, you know, where he said, you know, in a way it was a blessing because it allowed him to, to be himself, you know, and, and progress as a songwriter over the years. Right. Definitely. So that's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, man. Well, dude, obviously, man, we, we, we want to promote the wish you were here show. I, if I'm not mistaken, it's close to sold out, but it's not quite yet. There's like a few tickets left. Is that. Yeah. We still got, we're already, is it, if we were at HOB, it would be sold out by now, but the gore is bigger. So sure. Um, yeah. It's uh we got a good, we still have GAs. The reserve seats went pretty quickly because, you know, at the Agora, the, the downstairs holds about, um about 1200 right. and in the balcony you've got 500 uh or you've got 300 i'm sorry you got 300 reserve seats and then you've got three another 300 seats in the upper balcony that are part of general admission right so you can still get seats in there if you got ga tickets if you get you know if you get there early enough and door before doors at seven um so so yeah but there's it's it's starting to fill up and uh yeah it's, it's going at a good pace so that's 
good. Cold beer. We're going to have a nice, great crowd that's excited and ready to, to jam out to some Floyd. Excellent, man. Well, one more time. It is Wish You Were Here. They are at the Agora on Saturday, January the 7th. And, um, Iraq, you got anything that anything else that you want to plug or that you want to plug one more time to let people uh, know? Uh, well, floydtribute.com is our website. And that's where through that you can get tickets to our shows. Um, we're looking forward to this year. We've got uh, Harvest, our Neil Young tribute, has been doing really well. Um, We've got shows at, uh, geez, Dave and Buster's, Brothers, uh, the Night Stage at Akron Civic. Um, with that, Sugar Magnolia, we still have fun doing that, the Grateful Dead thing every uh, every few months or so. Um, and then, yeah, like I say, ClassicRockDuo.com for the the duo gigs. And, um, yeah, and support live music out there wherever you can. You know, if it's, uh, it's not us, it's somebody else. Absolutely. And a lot of great original great. music, too. Great original music artists out there. Um, you know, uh, Guy Snowden and the Citizens and Ray Flanagan and, you know, Austin Walking Cane and just uh, Vindy's, you know, so a lot of great yeah. bands out there right now. Well, that's that's what we're known for, isn't it? Having having a great live scene, man. It doesn't go away. It just changes names, I think. <laughs> Pretty right nice. Well, one more time. Um, wish we were here out at the Agora on January the 7th. And uh, E-Rock, thanks so much for joining us here on the Seth Williams Show. Oh, thanks so much, Chris. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Have a great year. All um, right. Thank you. And, we'll, and we will be right back after a couple of messages. Here we go. It's the Seth Williams Show. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy. Does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. He even made me look clean cut. Does my hair, does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go. Local business. You gotta go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Again, donate some toys. Trying to make the kids in Northeast Ohio happy. The kids in Kentucky happy after the floods and the tornadoes. Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma, Pleasant Valley Shopping Center, right next to Big Lots. Or give them a call, 216-520-1977. That's 216 216- 520-1977, Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Trust Joe's Lakewood Computer at 14035 Madison in Lakewood. They have over 30 years of professional service handling laptop and desktop repair services, virus removal, and data migration, and much more. You can trust them with hardware updates to your computer's memory and hard drive. Call 216 651 3880. Whether you need a simple Windows install or you're interested in the latest computers for gaming, call Joe's Lakewood Computer at 216-651-3880. This is Tim Elkhorn, radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers for attorney Will Spiegelberg. Will Spiegelberg is not only a name you know, he's someone you can trust as your attorney no matter the circumstance. Will Spiegelberg is an attorney you can always count on. Will Spiegelberg is the attorney you should contact for all your legal work. When you need an attorney, call Will Spiegelberg at 216-233-4240. Attorney Will Spiegelberg, a great teammate. 216-233-4240. And we are back on the Seth Williams show with Mike Chiselka. And Mike, how is that? Well, first of all, another great interview and a really phenomenal band. And for anybody that has not seen 
uh, wish you were here before, treat yourself. Just, you know, start the year off with a bang. But if their if their goal was to do an even bigger, broader, better show than uh, last time they were around, uh, this is going to really be something else. Oh yeah, um, I, it's an amazing show. It just is. And one thing you were talking, you guys were talking about, um, that reminded me of uh, something. I have absolutely no musical ability, so I really <laughs> have. You know, a, a little bit of envy, but a wait a minute, you have a piano of, right there in your living room. I yeah, see it. True, too. It's a player piano, though. I just push the button. <laughs> uh, but seriously, anybody who can pick up a guitar, sit down at a piano, and go someplace else, I mean, that's a gift. But you were talking about what do you listen to when you're not on stage? Yeah, I spent 20 years driving all over this country from coast to coast, north and south, east and west in uh as a comic and what i found happening during those 20 years was i turned away from my favorite which it wasn't classic rock and roll at the time but it was just like the the mms uh, in all the cities and so on and so forth sure, sure. because the show the songs were so short and it was always a commercial and then four commercials and on and on and on i started listening to classical music Okay. Because a, a classical music piece is 25 minutes, 45 minutes. Sure. And when you're using your gas gauge instead of a clock to see how much time you have to get right. to where you're going, I, I, I found out that it was so much easier to drive long distance when you were listening to big chunks of really good music. So I have an affinity for classical music that uh, uh, I developed from long, long car rides. Right on. So. And then obviously, you know, the music of Pink Floyd had wedged in the oh. classic wedges in classical music with whatever stoner music with you know, hundred thousand. I'll never forget hundred thousand people at the LA Coliseum because I'm sure. And uh, Pink Floyd walks out on stage, and I think it was Gilmore walks up to the microphone and says, "You know, there's a rumor going around that we're nothing but a drug-oriented band, and all I have to say to that is, we are." Nothing more than a drug-oriented band. And about that time, everybody looked up in the sky and went, is that a pig? <laughs> so, I mean, it's really hard to, unless you were there, but this is as mm -hmm. close as, you, if you miss the 70s, this is as close as you're going to get to yeah. being transported back in time. I agree. And, you know, I, I've seen a couple of Pink Floyd tributes. I've, I've obviously seen Wish You Were Here, and I've seen a couple more because I'm a huge yeah. Pink Floyd fan. So am I. I. I would put Wish You Were Here against anybody. Anybody. I, I, I know they're, the biggest one is like, I think it's called Pink Floyd UK or something. Or Brit some, Floyd. Some, or one of those. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't think they hold a candle. They they really don't. And and, I, and maybe there's a bias to that because I know the guys. But, you know. Man. I don't know all of them individually, but for these guys to be the musicians that are still passionate about what they're doing and they have creative stuff on their own and so on and so forth, and they're doing this to be good, I think if all you do is play music that's not yours and you're a tribute sure. band, that every once in a while you slip that into second gear and automatic pilot and stuff like that. I mean, I'll never forget, I was at the Palace Theater when Eddie Izzard was really popular and he was okay. on a sh uh, TV show. And this is going to happen when you do 250 shows a year. 
But he walked out on stage at the Palace Theater, told his opening joke or two or three, got the audience all riled up and walked over to the microphone and said, good evening, Pittsburgh. (laughs) He could not dig himself out of that hole the rest of the night. So you got to, you know, there's a little bit of being in the moment when you're, you know, on stage. Oh, there certainly is, man. Well, I I was thrilled to have E-Rock come on. And it's funny because he he came on just because I heard you say, oh, I want to see them. I want to see them perform. Yeah. You know, you just mentioned it like six weeks ago or four weeks ago or something on the show. And I was like, Oh, I know him. I wow. can make that. I can, I can make that connection. Well, that was a treat for me. Thank you very, very much. Oh. That's why I just sat there and like a sponge. <laughs> well, he, he, E-Rock is, a, is great. And uh, you know, I should have told this when he was on this, on the show, but you know, he's got to go and we got to move forward. But um, I, he did the nicest thing for my niece of, hmm. of any, you know, my niece, when she was, when she was in high school, you know, she's like everybody else, you know, in high school, you have 400 different things that you want to become. Right. And at one point she wanted to become a photographer. She wanted to get into photography. So their, their photographer and a good friend of theirs is a uh, Joe Cleon, the, the pretty well-known Cleveland photographer. And um, I mentioned to Joe, I said, hey, can you help me out here, you know, introducing my niece to whoever and get her get her set up for, you know, maybe doing a shoot, doing like, you know, like photographers do just so she can see how that works. Right. He set it up with them and talk about talk about having having the ability to do a shoot. You know, it's not just shooting four guys playing you know, with that giant stage show that they're doing, they did this thing in like, a, I don't know what it was somewhere in Akron. It was like, a, they, they blocked off a street and at the end of the street was wish you were here was playing. And it was huge and right. had all the things floating around and it, it was craziness, but they, they not only let my niece shoot like, and you probably know this, but the listeners may not. When you do a shoot for a, for a concert, it's usually the first three songs. That's all you're allowed to shoot. Yep. They gave my niece, who's 15 years old at the time, full access for the entire show. Wow. Let her shoot the entire show. Let her get up on stage and take side shots. Let her, you know, take shots from the pit for the entire show for the two hours or whatever that they played. And my niece, when I see my niece, she lives in Spain now, but when I see her, she still talks about that, about that being one of those, you know, seminal moments in her life that she really got to got to experience something before she was old enough to experience something. That's amazing. That's you don't forget, you know, thoughtfulness like that. No, you don't. And I certainly don't forget it. You know, when wish you were here is out doing something and I can do anything to help. I'm more than more than willing to pay, pay back that, you know, pay it forward or pay it back or whatever you want to call that. But well, let's clear something else up for the audience that may yeah. not know what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, part of the rights to, or part of the reason for the first three songs is to keep a little bit of, you know, the mystique and all of that other sure. stuff. But the other reason for the first three songs and why they got away with it is so many photographers shooting rock and roll back in the day mm-hmm. had deadlines. They right, had right, to right. get their stuff to the newspaper. They had to get their stuff to the magazine. They had to get their stuff out. Because if if so-and-so was writing a review and he was going to be in the paper the next morning, he wanted a picture to go with it. So 
there was no such thing as like, well, I'll just take a selfie with the band. Right. <laughs> you had to no. develop stuff in a dark room and get it, you know, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Run by the photo mat and come back in an hour. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we are old that we remember the photo mat. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, why don't we do this, Mike? I know I cut you off halfway through that list. You want to finish the, the list yeah. of places that we want to go in 2023? Sure. This is like worldwide travel for all the magazines, all the tourists and destination places. Uh, the final five. Number five is Egypt. Okay. Uh, number four is the Caribbean, especially this time of year. Oh, yeah. man. Be nice. Anybody that's, you know, you don't know what blue water is until you've been off the coast of Jamaica and Grand mm -hmm. Cayman and so on and so forth. Uh, number three was Southeast Asia. And they lumped together Bali, Thailand, and Vietnam. I love the food. I've never been to that part. That's the, the Far East is the only part of the world I have not met, uh, visited yet. Okay. Uh, Japan is number two. And the yeah. number one destination was italy yeah my my mom actually went to italy last year she went yeah. to she went to italy and what is it the galapagos islands or whatever that's called well you she's know, been there too okay yeah she's been there too and cool i i've been to italy but just through military stuff so it wasn't like i got to really explore it but uh, right. you know i've been there um I, I got a couple cool stories i'll share go ahead um first of all uh, in um, Livorno, which is the train station when your ship docks that will take you to Florence, mm -hmm. which is where you see the Statue of David. And that was on my to-do list. I had one of the best sandwiches I ever had. It was a loaf of bread that just came out of the oven, right. butter that had just come in off the farm, and a tomato that was grown locally. That butter, tomato, and bread sandwich was like, I, I still miss that sandwich. <laughs> That was amazing. And number two was we took the train, went into uh, Florence, stood in line, went in to see the Statue of David, which is in a room that's probably maybe 40 by 40 foot wide. So right. 20 people in at a time and you walk around and it's everything that you wanted it to be. But I walked out and some other people in the off the ship uh, weren't done yet. So I'm outside talking to one of the tour guides and sure. uh the building right across the street was identical to the building that we had just gone into and so i asked him what's in those buildings and he said well those are the works of michelangelo okay that the italian government and the vatican have determined are too pornographic <laughs> to be viewed by the public wow and i looked at him and i said so if i was around in the 1400s it would be no big deal. I could handle it. I could cope with it. I yeah. could deal with it. I could look at it, but it's 1990 something. And so now I have to just hide my eyes. I <laughs> didn't understand that at all. That's nuts. But you know, hats off to Michelangelo. Yeah. Disturbed, but we like his, him. <laughs> yeah. His, his famous quote was somebody asked him, well, how do you, how do you make all those magnificent statues? He said, well, I, I just get a piece of marble and I chip away all the pieces that aren't statue. <laughs> so that's, that's that. nice. <laughs> nice. 
All right, man. Well, let's let's transition a sure. little bit here. Let's get to something serious here. Um, unless you didn't have your television on over the weekend, you're very well aware that sports betting is live in Ohio. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I. I I did not necessarily agree with everything that you were saying with you and Seth about the sports right. betting in Ohio. That being said, I wanted to straight up murder anybody that works at the MGM or DraftKings or FanDuel this weekend. Yeah. Every commercial of every football game all day long, long. yesterday everything. Was, was we're live in Ohio. Here, here's 25 will get you a thousand, you know, every commercial. It was sickening because it, I hate to, I hate to say it. I'm going to go back on what I said last week, but I'm going to agree with you in a place that I actually threw a comment in disagreeing. These filthy bastards that run these places realize that they got to get these the people with the sickness now, now. And they went for it with yeah. everything they had yesterday, and it was disturbing. I two things. Uh, I agree with you, and that's what I was afraid of was the oversaturation, uh, and even the subtleties of those commercials and the the nerves and buttons that they pushed, like uh, Jamie Fox when he's doing his MGM commercial. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, "Now your hunch has something behind it." Well, it was just a hunch, but never mind. Forget that. The other thing that nobody may have paid attention to, but the stand-up comic in me just screams it. Mm -hmm. They made a big deal out of the fact that the first person to cast a legal bet in Ohio was Pete Rose. Pete Rose. <laughs> they would have said something if he had won. Yeah, well, he did. He he. I wish he would have put a real bet down. Yeah. I, I wish he wouldn't have gone with the goof bet of betting on the Reds, and I get it. That's, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. ha ha, we get it. That's what you, why you're still not in the Hall of Fame. You right. Know, it's it's definitely the big F you to the, to the right Reds. to MLB, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. MLB. And that, and, and I, I, I appreciate the funny part of that, but if he would have bet, like just if he would have right. bet two to if, one on the Steelers to beat the Ravens yesterday. Yeah. Oh my God, you would. Think of think of the number of people that would be opening FanDuel accounts today. Yeah, I if if completely. Pete Rose would have bet on something for real. Yeah, it's just I don't know, man. It's I'm hopeful. Again, we're trying to keep it hopeful here. I'm hopeful that this is going to just be this month while it's new. Yeah, you know, kind of like uh, New Year's resolutions, like the gyms are all full, right? This yeah. month, exactly. But by next month, you'll be able to get on any bike you want to in the gym after right. six. Yep. Yeah, I'm hoping that. I am. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm very hopeful that that's what we're going to be looking at is this month we're just going to get beaten down, probably through the Super Bowl. I'm thinking that they'll probably beat us up through the I Super agree. Bowl. Well, and then if it doesn't, you're going to catch. It's just like when Tarzan went through the jungle, the vine went so far, and then magically there was another vine and he'd catch that one. Because after the Super Bowl, all you got to do is dick around a little bit and put up with spring train. And then, boom, it's March Madness. Yeah. And that's. March know, Madness I wonder what's. I wonder what that's going to do to the office pools and all the traditional kind of betting that took place when it was for fun. 
I don't think I don't think that those get affected too much. I think you're still going to have bars selling squares and yeah, you know, the local everybody in the office with their with their brackets and stuff. I think you're going to see that. I'm not I'm not as convinced as you are that the betting is going to be is going to be on the games themselves. I'm just not believing in 2022 and look, if anybody is a gambler out there i'll put the link back up here if anybody wants to chime in so anybody that gambles you know yeah, give us a call get messages just yeah because i'm not how did really... you do with your first round of sports betting yeah i want to hear from all the winners that. well I, what i want to hear is what are they betting because games games are clearly rigged for the house maybe yeah. not rigged like rigged is maybe the wrong word but their intel is very good Yes. To where when they say that it's seven point spread, they know it's just not going to. Right. It, it almost always goes to the house if you bet against it. So, but I think that the, the fan duel and the, the, you know, that audience has now had a few years of, of betting where they've gotten accustomed to, or DraftKings or whatever, not betting on the games, but betting on, prop bets. I think prop bets have kind of taken over. I would agree with that. And and I'm don't want to make any more out of this than I can make out of it, but there is a subtle point here that needs to be thought about by everybody who overreacts to stuff that happens in the quote-unquote culture wars or political world. And you talked about the total saturation of all the commercials yesterday, right? Right. Mm -hmm. It takes five, six, 10 months a year, if not more, to plan a campaign, design a campaign, have the uh, client sign off on the campaign, develop the campaign, produce the campaign, write the campaign, shoot the campaign, edit. So my point is this. Yesterday, it snowed those commercials. Right. That means a year ago, those people that wanted us to dance like we all danced yesterday were creating the soundtrack. So right. when things happen politically, you can't go, oh, my God, look what just happened. Nothing that everybody gets all pissed off over that happens, just happened politically, just happens. It takes years, which is why we can sit back and pick it apart at our leisure. Yeah. yeah you, you know, and I'm curious on this. I would love to know, and they'll never reveal this information, but I would love to know it. I would love to know how how much psychoanalysis was put into these commercials, like actual people that that study the psychology of gamblers. I, I I'm sure it's I'm sure every single word was analyzed because they've had they have the money to do it. The casinos and the yeah. you know the the betting books and stuff they have the money to do it, where they can optimize their dollars. And I honestly cannot I can't imagine that somebody said you know it'd be fun if we just had Jamie Fox and he did a thing with uh with you know whoever the basketball player is that he did the one with where they blow the room up or whatever. Right, right, right. You know I, I forget who the basketball player is. On I that didn't one, see but, it, but it's um, you know I'm willing to bet you every single word of that has trigger points or leads to trigger points of absolutely animal gamblers that just can't stop themselves. Well, here's the thing. The psychology of advertising is over a century old. 
So the fun books to read are the ones from back in the teens and 20s when it was a new field and the research that was done. Coca-Cola used to be advertised in this country mm-hmm. as an afternoon pick-me-up for tired housewives. Right. And that's because one of the key ingredients was cocaine. Right, right, right. So they knew what they were doing back then. Mm-hmm. And and here's a great comment on the bottom. More betting commercials than pharmaceutical ones. <laughs> Which ones are worse? It's we get both. We just get both. Yeah. You know, I, when that commercial comes on that tells you to eat spam, I laugh. <laughs> that is such a relief. It's like, oh, yeah, I can grill it. I can just spam. Sell me some spam. Yeah. Look at this one here. They definitely played on people's mind and the FOMO fear of missing out. Absolutely exactly. true. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And they're playing. Let, let's be honest on it here. They're playing on the fact. I, I was trying to explain this to my mom earlier today because she was like, how can they be offering if you make a one bet that you get a thousand dollars in your account or whatever. And I was like, well, it, it makes sense when you think about it, because if they, if they bring in enough people, 99% of the people that are going to do that are going to spend money behind it anyway. Right. And they make deals with the governments to get less tax, to get yep. tax breaks based on the tax revenue that they're going to bring into the state. You know, I mean, let's be honest. Why yeah. Ohio didn't bring in gambling because me and you want to want to be able to gamble on the the football championship. No, they brought in gambling because the gambling houses guaranteed Ohio billions of dollars. They guaranteed them billions of dollars, and that's right. why that's why gambling is here. And you know, so they can let's say like here's one right here. Look at this. Then on another side, I bet two hundred dollars free money for a trifecta on the NBA. He could win $1,092. Think about that just for a second to somebody that is a, and I know him. He's not, he's not a crazy gambler, uh-huh. I don't think. But but think of somebody that is. Somebody that that gambles and is compulsive and has been fighting to not gamble. Well, all of a sudden I'm gambling with house money. I'm not gambling with my money. Right. And I could potentially win $1,100. Did so you I'll see? Put, I'll, hold on. I'll put my $200 of free money in there. Oh, damn it. I didn't win. Let me but just put a close. little bit of my own. Yeah, Thank I was you. so close. Let me put a little of my own in here and got them hook in mouth and they got them. And did you see the disclaimer stuff that I talked about a couple weeks ago that the free money, the 200 in your account, the 500, the free mm-hmm. thousand, you got to use it in a week. Oh, yeah. You got to use it when it's hanging over your head and it's burning a hole in your pocket and you look at your bank account and go, oh, my God, there's a there's a thousand dollars in there. I can. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They're they pushing definitely know what they're doing. And they're they're, you know, it's funny. Jeremy just put this comment in and, and he's right. This is the same conversation I have with my mom. Not for me. I'm just using my free money. Smart. And that's fine. That's yeah, that's absolutely. that's excellent. And there are there are a lot of people that will do that. But we're not talking about those are the those are the exception, not the rule. And in the bigger picture, they're going to hook in more customers by giving away. Let's say they're going to give away fifty million dollars in Ohio over the next right. thirty days, which is probably an accurate number. That fifty million dollars is going to generate five hundred million dollars of revenue, right. which and is that's why the first year. Which is why I don't want to hear anybody in August talking about food prices or gas prices if they're doing this. 
Well, it, but it, this is this you've is got disposable income. Well, you know, you know what the other thing is too. They're doing this at a time when people are a little bit tightening exactly. the belt. It's and like, it, wait a minute, two hundred free dollars. You know, that's 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 a grocery run. If I could just make one bet, and but then the people don't make the one bet, they win. They'll win on the one bet. They'll they'll bet two hundred. They'll make two twenty. And instead of just pulling it out and deleting the app off their phone, they'll pull out one fifty and they'll keep betting fifty. And then when they run out of the fifty, then they'll put fifty back. Then they'll put a hundred back. Then they'll put three hundred back. Right. Well, what's the follow up question you always ask a friend of yours who's been to Vegas and said, "Oh, I won eight hundred dollars." The follow up yeah, question how much is spend? always, "How much did you leave with?" Yeah, exactly. And the answer is usually nothing. And if you go to Vegas and you walk up and down the streets of the Strip at night when all the lights are on and all the music's playing and on and on and on, you are going to hear a tourist from somewhere say out loud, oh, my God, how do they build this place? And the answer, plain and simple, is because everybody loses. Yeah. If everybody won, there'd be like six guys sitting behind pickup trucks at a Quonset hut going here, take your money mm -hmm. and go. Yeah. I mean, it, it, dude, it's the same as the, it's, it's ironic that people don't see the absolute, the absolute parallels between gambling and politics. And, and, and look, I'll, I'll point to your favorite whipping boy, Donald Trump as an exact example back in, um, was it 16 in the 16, um, the run up to the election when somebody asked him about, about the system. And he said, he said, the system's corrupt. And, and they were like, oh, no, and it was 16 because it was the Obama and, and Hillary time. Right. And and Hillary was like, it's not corrupt. It's not corrupt. And he's like, I know it's corrupt. I use it. Right. And he said that on right. you know in a debate. He said that I use it. There's no possible way you can't look at this gambling stuff, this sports betting and say, yeah, it's corrupt. Go look at Las Vegas. Anybody that's ever traveled to Nevada. You're driving through Pahrump and you're 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 in a yes yes a ghost town. It's a oh. ghost town, and then you get a little further to Vegas, and oh my God, it's the most. Updated. It's the oasis in the desert. Yes, <laughs> yes, know, it's great. But then if you drive, literally, if you drive, it's like in the was it casino where they drive ten miles out of town and it's just uh -huh. holes and dirt. Right. But ten miles back, it is the most updated city in the in the entire world. Yeah, it's and amazing. it's all because the system is geared to take you there, which is why it's not going to be that hard to just all we're asking for is to carve a bigger piece of the pie mm -hmm. for the 97 percent of us. Yeah. And, it, and it's no skin off the three percent's back. So it should be doable. Yeah, it just and should be doable. It should. And, and, and I mean, dude, I'm already thinking ahead to what we're going to see in the fall. Uh huh. In the fall, we're gonna we're gonna see MGM, and we're gonna see uh, the Jack, and what are they gonna be saying? Don't bet online. Come on in. We'll give you a free lunch with with your. You can bet at the same sports book, but you can get a free buffet. Right. And right. you know that the rubes that are spending their money and can't afford their groceries at that point are gonna go in to get the buffet. They're going to get the free buffet. You know, it's it's gonna happen. It's yep. absolutely going to happen. Well, that was Vegas in its heyday. You used to be able to get a steak dinner for 99 cents as long sure. as you stayed there. The first time I played Vegas 
it was in the contract that I got after the show, I got $500, but I had to gamble it. Yeah. Because they wanted people to walk out of the showroom and go, oh, it's him, and just hang out and gamble. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I didn't bring any of that money home. It all went in the machines and it didn't yeah. come out. Yeah, so. because you're not going to win. And, and, and not for nothing, but I, I honestly still think that they have some kind of control over the machines. I, the I know the machines. They, I, oh. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I know they say it's chance and luck and the odds and all that. But there's no, I've walked in, I'm not a big gamble guy. I used to be, and uh-huh. I used to lose like checks all the time. So now I don't do it at all. I'm, I'm like, better. I'm scared to death to do it. I used to be, when I was in Korea, I used to bet my whole paycheck on the second day of the month and then just be like broke for 29 days. 29 you know? days. <laughs> you know, so I, I learned my lesson and I, I don't gamble. But every once in a while, I'll go to the, you know, a lot of times I'll, you know, I go to shows out at the MGM because it's 10 minutes mm-hmm. from my house. And, you know, we get there early and, you know, if the bar's full, we'll go and we'll, we'll go and hit like a couple of slot machines or whatever. And inevitably me who is not in that place very often, I win every time I win early, not a lot of money, right? But I'll put in a, I'll put in a dollar and I'll win 50. Yep. Just enough to be like, all right, let me keep going. Let, and I, I am I am convinced that they have some kind of recognition or something that tells them this guy is not a regular. Let's try and hook him in. I'm um, convinced of it. It was it was a rumor back in the day that um, when all the shows let out and people are walking out of the showrooms, that a certain amount of slot machines would hit so that people coming out would hear the noise all over. Right. Sure. And and then stay and gamble. But here's the thing you got to know, folks. Before you ever walk into a casino, decide what you can comfortably afford to lose. And I don't care if it's 20 bucks or two grand. Yeah. Once you've lost that money, if you're going to lose that night, once you've lost that money, quit. Go home, leave. I don't care if you're there 20 minutes or two and a half hours. Yeah. The first day that you dip into your pocket and you break the the commitment you made to yourself to only mm-hmm. lose two grand. The first time you lose two grand and you say, well, I'll just go to the ATM, get another 500, win it back. That's when you should quit gambling forever. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, That's I, my it, advice. If you can have fun, but if you can only afford to lose 40 bucks that week, don't bet any more than 40 bucks. Yeah. I mean, I, as a rule, not that I go to casinos often, I don't, I'm just not a casino guy, but as a rule, the one thing that I do is take cash and leave my ATMs at home. Bingo. I don't take them because I, I'm move. not going to, I'm not going to, no matter what my urge is, I'm not going to be convinced to blow my, my mortgage money or my no. electric bill or any no. of that stuff. I'm just not going to do it. No. Nope. You know, it, it's definitely, it's definitely a, uh, a bad scene for, it can be. Now, again, I know these commercials is week one. And obviously in week one, they're, they're really trying to bang at home to make, make the hot quick money while they can. So I understand that, but man, it really put a, a shiver down my spine. Yeah, seeing, it was... seeing, I mean, no lie. I mean, I watched three games yesterday and I'll bet you I saw 50 commercials for DraftKings or FanDuel. You did. It, it was Trust an me. insane number of commercials. And uh, uh, they 
popped up on your phone and they were on the radio and they were just uh, yeah. everywhere. This is uh, Scott's got it. Yeah, it's got hit the nail on the head. If you're not addicted to it, amen. Yeah, play with it. It's just an entertainment. You're absolutely right. Yeah, if it's en- if it's entertainment money, then fine. Like I I dipped into crypto for a little bit, which is the same thing as gambling, really. Let's be right. honest. Right. Might as well have put it in a slot machine, but um, but I did okay with it. I did really well. But the first thing I did the minute the minute that I made back my money, you know, because I, I I didn't put in a ton. I put in a grand. And um, the minute that my my return that I could take out was a grand, I took that grand out. Bingo. Because I was like, I'm not going to, you know, and, and now yeah. I'll let it go. I'll let it ride. And if yeah. crypto goes away or whatever, then I'm going to lose an alleged $20,000 or whatever that it's allegedly worth. But, you know, but to me, it's a break even because I already broke even and I could pull more out, I guess. But now I'm now I'm OK to let it ride because it's fun money. It's not real. Yeah, it's monopoly money to me. Right. But I don't think most people are like that. I think there's a lot of people today in today's world that are, you know, hand to mouth and they're, you know, they're coming up on $200 short because they work as a DoorDash driver and there's not as many people DoorDashing or whatever. So they're, you know, and they see this, well, I can get $200, you know, for free if I just go and sign up for FanDuel and make a couple of bets. And and they're they're getting sucked into it. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope I, I hope Cleveland. I hope everybody's smart enough. smart enough to realize that life isn't that easy because yeah. it's just not that easy. Yeah. I hate I hate to be that guy that goes with well, my mom once told me if it seems too good to be true, right? It, it usually is, and it really is. So well, our advice to you, at least my advice to you, and I'm sure Mike echoes this. Don't waste money on stuff that you can't afford to lose. Yeah, if, have fun. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm not going to deny anybody. Go see a show, sit at your favorite, you know, slot machine, play poker, do all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But know when enough's enough. You know what yeah. I mean? Just because. Or, or use simple logic. If you have to make a decision between doing this or something that's real, like paying a bill or getting groceries yeah. or putting gas in your car for next week. Choose the responsible thing. Don't don't go with the well, I might win that plus 50. You know, no, don't. You already have the 50 you need. Use it. Use it for the right thing, not for the gambling. Please, yeah. please don't let this town turn into it's like the first time I uh came out of a gentleman's club. Right. And the guy I went with the whole way the walk to the car was like. Oh my God, I I think she really liked me the whole time she was up there. She was looking at me right in the eye. And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, dude, don't fall for that. <laughs> she probably learned your name real quick too when she <laughs> ordered the bottle of champagne. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> oh man. All right, Mike. Well, let's. Why don't we do this? Let's take it. Let's take one last break here. Right. And get, get a couple of spots in, and then we will talk. We'll we'll wrap the show up with um, um, how year one of Mayor Mike Bibb did. Is his nice. name Mike? Is his name Mike? I don't even know his name. Mayor no. Bibb. No, it's Justin Bibb. Justin Bibb. I don't know you, his name. That's my first leading comment. I'll talk about <laughs> it on the other side. 
All right, so let's let's uh, take a quick break, and we will be right back. It is the Seth Williams Show with Mike Chisoka. Hey, it's Seth for Smoking Rock and Roll Food Trucks. You got to check them out, man. The food is just unbelievable. Mac and cheese is fantastic. The brisket, everything else is just to die for. You got to check out Smoking Rock and Roll, 605 Clay Parkway in Bay Village. You can give them a call, 216-539-2239 to book a food truck. Uh, you know, Find out where they're going to be at. They're going to be all over the place, Come to, especially when the spring and summer hits. It's unbelievable food. They win awards all over the place, run by my good friend uh, Billy Morris. Uh, and his friend Todd, they're good people, and they make great, great food. You got to check it out. Smoking Rock and Roll, smokingrockandroll.com. Aaron Tees and Signs has become your complete one-stop sign shop. Call Jimmy at 216-299-9344. Their friendly and professional staff can and will help you build your company brand and identity from start to finish. One-stop means you get a complete package from one location. Custom logo design, vehicle graphics, banners, t-shirts, storefront marquees, and so much more. Aaron Tees and Signs, 4883 Turney Road. Call us at 216-299-9344. Hey, it's up for Audio Bay Studios in Bay Village. And now if you need a podcast done... You got a band, you got to record some stuff. Audio Base Studios is the place to go. Train technicians, uh, good management there. I'm telling you, Audio Base Studios has helped me out tremendously with my podcast. You want to go there, Audio Base Studios, 605 Clegg Parkway in Bay Village. It's right next to, or in the same building, I should say, as Smokin' Rock and Roll. Some of the best barbecue food trucks in town. The best barbecue food trucks in town. Tell me, you got to check out Audio Base Studios. I know the guy, Chris Aiken. I know the guy, Billy Morris. They're good people. They take care of you. Audio Base Studios, if you got a podcast that you want to start recording, Audio Base Studios in Bay Village is the place to be. 605 Clegg Parkway. Give them a call. 216-713-0066. That's 216-713-0066. All right, and right back here on the Seth Williams Show with Mike Jaselka, and I want to echo what Seth just said there um, as far as audio-based studios, which I, of course, am a, am a partner in. And, um, Mike, we, we just added our first show this week. We're, we're going to have a new podcast starting at the um, the end of January called The, the Blabber Malt Show, which is um, is going to be Dave Cousineau and his, um, his cohort, uh, Matthias, from um, one of the local breweries here. Doing a show, um, you know, combining uh, rock and roll and uh, beer. So, nice combo. Yeah, it's a great combo, and it's going to be right <laughs> in front of of Billy and Todd's podcast, the Smoke and Talk and Roll podcast. So, you'll be able to tune in on Tuesdays for um for two hours of beer and food and rock and, and music. roll. I mean, Sweet. How good is that? So, sounds okay. good. So, of course, if ever, anybody does have a podcast and they want uh, some help with it, just hit us up at Audio Bay, audiobaystudios.com. Phone number, email, all that stuff is over there. So, we would sure. be uh, remiss if we also didn't thank our friends out at Wolf Creek Media for sponsoring the Wolf Creek message line, which people yes. have been sending messages in on. Uh, thanking Tammy, who's a great friend of the show. And actually, all of our sponsors. So, you know, Seth does a good job of running everybody down. But, uh, you know, it's the start of another new year. We're going higher and farther and bigger and better and want to bring everybody with us and also invite anybody else. 
that wants to be a part of what's going on to give us a call and see how we can tailor something to fit your needs as well. So absolutely. Thanks to all our advertisers. Certainly. Look at this clown. I miss Seth. Get out of here. Seth stinks. That's Seth, obviously. That was Seth. He did that to make sure that everybody <laughs> shed a tear. I miss him too, and you do too. But I do too. Because you know, there's a lot of talking for me to do this, and then I got to turn around and do two more hours here in a little while. So, <laughs> wow. But that's all right. I I never shut up anyway. It's just yeah. like. The only difference is the phone is set down instead of in my ear. So it's all good. You're not paying for to be able to talk. It's paying you. That's the way. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, Mike, um, as we mentioned, um, we saw, I saw an article today. I brought it to you and we decided this would be worth exploring. Yes. Um, Our, our fine Cleveland mayor, whose name I did not even know. um, He's completed his first year in office and I thought maybe we would, um, we would take a look at you know his accomplishments or lack of such, and you know maybe maybe wrap up with a little review of what the mayor is doing here in Cleveland. So, you had a point before we even get into that. Well, you, I was a little suspicious at the beginning of the year and during the election and so on and so forth because out of left field came a candidate who all of a sudden was endorsed by Mayor White and former Mayor Jane Campbell. Right. Former Mayor Mike White and former Mayor Jane Campbell, two people that nobody's heard anything from since Since they left left office. (laughs) Right. And all of a sudden, out of all of the people who were actively involved and so on and so forth and Scooby Dooby Dooby. And I got to tell you something. I love this city. I left in 73. I lived in California. I lived in Florida. I traveled the world. I spent eight years on a cruise ship. And and so, I mean, I've seen an awful lot of stuff. Sure. And then I come back to Cleveland. And the number one thing about the city is the people that live here. Mm -hmm. And all I can say to get this off my chest is the people of Cleveland deserve a better lakefront, a high-speed rail to Columbus and Cincinnati, and possibly Toledo and Dayton Detroit. and the 21st and Detroit and so on and so forth. Downtown Cleveland needs some shopping. If you're going to want conventions and all that other stuff, everybody that comes as a family or a couple or a duo is going to need something to do during the day or in the evenings afterwards. Yeah. And without any kind of, I mean, Tower City should be, Here's a couple ideas, Mayor Bill. Okay. Go to all the retailers that do not exist in Northeast Ohio right now. And there's a ton of them. And cut deals with them to fill up Tower City with some amazing shopping. So that if you do hit big at the sports book, we can capture some (laughs) of that money on the way home. Right. And you don't have to walk across the street to get a T-shirt or a coffee mug. So bring some decent shopping into downtown. Bring more services into yeah. downtown. Put a decent bakery or two or three downtown and make downtown really, truly thrive. Number well, two, create a lakefront that people can walk at, enjoy at, shop at, live at, do everything except. This is the only city on the face of the earth that was blessed with a huge natural coastline on a tremendous body of water 
And all the powers that be and rich people said, oh, let's put a railroad track right here <laughs> and go right. to mansions on Euclid Avenue. What the? <clears throat> so we can fix that and it's time to do it. And I'm 60 some years old from the time I was eight years old when we were the number eight largest city in the country, by the way. We've been talking about, well, should we develop the lakefront and so on? So we don't even have a sidewalk to get over the highway anyway. No, so there's right. some things that can be done that are easy to fix. And go here's ahead. three, and then I'll shut up and you can go talk. Ahead. No, go ahead. Number three is if you've ever been to Pier 57 or whatever in New York, yeah, go to Norfolk. Go buy rent cut up ship up here every battleship destroyer naval aircraft so on and so on and so forth and build a true attraction a military attraction for all our vets all our servicemen all our little kids growing up so they can aspire to fly sail serve the country be patriotic but put something the mather is not a tourist attraction what you don't it love that a, sub I do, and I love the sub, but those should be the ticket booths. Those should be the first yeah. things you see on your way in. Put right. 40, 50, 60 more things on the lakefront, and then you can employ two, three, four thousand people coming out of Cleveland Public Schools that only mm -hmm. want to do entertainment or, or service industry stuff or cook or this, that, and the other thing. There right. are some things that need to be done in Cleveland that are that easy to do, but we can't figure out what's going on because we have too many absentee landlords and nobody knows where the $40 cash it costs you to park at an Indians, Browns, or Cavaliers game goes. Nobody knows yeah. where all that money gets sucked out of the suburb. Nobody knows where that goes. So mm -hmm. have some accountability on those issues and let's start step at a time and make Cleveland the city mm -hmm. that the people that live here deserve to live in. Look, they're all good points, Mike. And it's going to lead right into the first point of, of Mayor Bibb and his um, his um, platform for 2022 that I think he failed beyond miserably in. He vowed for police reform. Yeah. And if you don't have police reform down there, everything that you just said is thrown right out the window. Amen. Because and you, you got to be safe. Yeah. And you, you can't, can't shoplift. Yeah. I mean, I'm not scared of much. I'll be yeah. honest. I'm not scared of much. I've been blown up for God's sakes. I've taken a bomb. So after sure. taking a bomb, it takes a lot to scare me. And I'll be honest. I went to hilarities. I don't know, year, year and a half ago to see Dave Landau perform. Okay. And I came out of hilarities and was petrified of the downtown area at like midnight, yeah. midnight on a Friday night. I came out. And I made the worst mistake that I could have made. And it's just a rookie mistake that I somehow made. I parked, I, I drove myself and I yeah. parked in a parking garage oh. by myself, not thinking about, not thinking about, well, I got to go into a parking garage at, at midnight, you know, and, and you know, as well as I do, that is not safe. That's just not safe is, is to be down there. And before you can start bringing in, businesses and filling up tower city or cleaning up the the lakefront or putting in you know maybe a grocery store right you know if you want to have people living down there it might be helpful to have a giant eagle or a super walmart or something 
well, in the middle in of fairness, downtown. In fairness, Heinen's did their part. But okay. for a city that you want to be, I mean, used to be, used to be almost, you know, between half a million and a million people in the yeah. greater area. Now it's 300,000. It's pitiful. No, it, it's terrible. And it ain't coming yeah. back till we fix what you just said. Yeah. But Support I mean, please put them on horses, have them walk the beat, put them on bicycles, light up the streets, do yeah. whatever it takes to keep the, the bad elements off the street and make it safe for people to. Yeah, want to come downtown, but you got to give them something to come down for. You they definitely gotta- do. And one of the biggest, biggest, and to me, it's again, I don't follow Cleveland politics super, super hardcore, but I follow it enough. The biggest failing that I see from Mayor Bibb in year one was in his police reform is that he's going to, he put some kind of committee, a citizens committee to yeah. to run oversight of the police. No way. There's no way you can let citizens, especially bad citizens. I mean, you have to just take the good with the bad and there's good citizens and there's bad citizens. Right. How in the hell are you letting people that do not want to respect the law have any kind of say on how the police dole out the law? How does that make any kind of sense? It's um, baffling to say the least accountability, transparency, nothing wrong with those elements at all. And I'll tell you something. Most policemen see it the same way too. Sure. If there's a bad apple. Nobody wants them out of off the force more than the cops because they depend on each other to stay safe themselves, back each other up and so on and so forth. And they don't want anybody giving them a, a bad name. So yeah, I, I, I just... It, it, it's scary. Lip service is not what this city needs. No, not at all. We need action. We definitely yep. need action. And, and while we're safety, talking about the police, yeah, on a tangent, mm-hmm. do not take the justice center out of downtown. No, it is the only magnet that brings 10, 15, 20,000 people per week downtown. Mm-hmm. If you put it somewhere in, in a suburb or way out or the, where the juvenile, remember what the juvenile justice system, the new building was supposed to do? We need to keep all of the vital stuff downtown that makes downtown a downtown. Cleveland right. City Council, and here's the other problem. It's not just the mayor. Problem with this city, Chris, is there are, I don't know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13 councilmen and not one of them is elected at large. Yeah. Not one of them is forced to see the city as a total, complete entity. Everybody's mm-hmm. got their own little fiefdom. Everybody's got their own little budget. Everybody's got their neighborhood development coming. Everybody can't say every tribe. And it's like 12 tribes that speak different languages and don't do anything for the common good. Mm-hmm. We should be moving towards what San Francisco, Texas, all parts of the country that have evolved into the 21st century. We need to make the county the city. Oh, yeah. We don't need 85 different police departments. We don't need 85 different fire departments. We need a good school system and we need to grow so that we can compete, negotiate, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I'll be brothers and so again, I, and to me, it all starts with safety though. Exactly. You can't, you can't do, 
you know, it, it's funny, this article that, that we're looking at, it's, it's from cleveland.com. If anyone wants to look it up, it's from right. today. It's um, today's paper. It says, it says the number one thing for 2023 for Mayor Bibb is education. And I get it. You know, we're, we're lacking behind. And that's, that's a nice goal, but it's not a realistic goal for a city that's dying. Right. You got to take care of the people. You got to have right. people, people not being afraid of being killed before you got to worry about them getting to school or, or really it's a and B, you know, they're kind of together, yeah. but, but you can't go downtown. I mean, you, you literally, I don't know. I don't know how you think about this. This is how I think about it. I will not go downtown right now unless it's in a pack, unless it's a, a baseball game, a football game, a, a concert, Something that I can make sure that when I'm going in and when I'm coming out, I'm in a group of 50 to 100 people. Well, I, because I don't trust it. I don't trust it anymore. I used to live on the near uh, west side over by Edgewater Park, and <clears throat> I spent an awful lot of time downtown. I, I really like the city. I think it's got an awful lot to offer. I don't think I, I think things have gotten better. Um, I just think that we're dealing with a national malaise that, uh, is, is tough, but we can, we can weather that storm. We need to put more people on the street, greater visibility and have some consequences for things like, uh, shoplifting and, and assault and stuff on buses or anything. How about, how about just on anything? It's, it's not hard. It's not hard to follow the law. No, it's really not that hard. No, you know, I mean, it's okay. Don't steal something. Don't kill somebody. Don't, you know, the, the don'ts are, are very easy to do. It's, it's that we've been lazy as, as, um, police. And and by police, I also mean as parents, we've allowed this. Well, we've allowed it and, and we've taught it as a, as now that's the behavior. That's yet yeah, right. And to see what you're talking about is is as silly as expecting the president of the United States to have anything to do with the price of gas. That I mean, that's ridiculous, too, because by the time your kid is in school, in junior high, in high school, if you haven't raised a decent son or daughter. Yeah, that's what the problem is. So what mm-hmm. we need to do is if we're going to have dialogue, if we're going to have committees, it should be in the neighborhoods. It should be in the churches. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and, and one other piece to this, just a, a side piece to what you're saying, everybody, and I do mean everybody needs to stop with judging everything in an absolute. Amen. And what I mean by that specifically is everybody's argument is that no matter what your point is, is that, well, there's this guy that doesn't do it that way. Right. And it's like, stop it. If the majority, if, if a hundred people are making their bed, I'll just go something easy. If a hundred yeah. people are making their bed and one isn't making their bed, the argument is not that people don't make their bed. The argument is that the one bad apple isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. Right. If, and, and, and we don't do that though, in this country, we in this should. country, we don't in this country. It's like, well, that guy has every right not to make his bed. If he doesn't want to do what those guys are doing, then he's the one that's right. Thank you. We have one of the finest art museums in the world. 
Mm-hmm. You walk into the art museum and there's a Picasso next to a Rembrandt. They're both in the museum. So yeah. you don't paint with a broad bra. It's not about absolutes, but there's some minimum standards. Somebody who can't color inside the lines doesn't make the art museum. All right. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's just weird. We are definitely upside down. It, it's it's amazing to me how fast we've gotten upside down. But it's, I, it's I mean, fixable. It, it is fixable. It's definitely fixable. Here's the question. I know we didn't get too much into Mayor Bibb here, and I guess we really don't need to. Here's my question. Well, do you that. read the article. I read the article. Yeah. Do you see anything that he's offering that will fix any problems? I don't. He Everything we talked about at the beginning of the segment, everything he, he's new. It, once he identifies all the pressure groups, all of this, that, and the other thing, now that he knows what he's up against, he needs to just come clean put together a commission of all the great ideas to make Cleveland better and do a couple of them. Is that simple? Do you, do you have faith in him? And, and I don't know the answer to this at all, but do you have faith in him where I know I don't because he's so young and I hate to be ageism guy, but he doesn't have enough real world day-to-day job experience to redefine how a city operates in my, in my brain. I was that age once too. And I would like to think that at that age, you're smart enough to go, this is what I'm up against. Surround yourself with the best and the brightest. Don't worry about who gets the credit because it's all going to work out in the end and put together a team to lead this city into the 21st century. Yeah. Yeah. It's that simple and he can do it. I would like to help. I, and even doing what we're doing with this show, the more people that call in and and uh, uh, contribute and stuff like that, it's like panning for gold. Just sit yeah. there and the good ideas take the nuggets out and do something for the city. Well, yeah, and, and you know what else you find out doing that doing this is you find out that there's a lot of people have the same thoughts we do. Amen. I, mean, I've, I, I unlike Seth, I, I'm not reading all the comments. I'm just posting them up so that people right. can read them as they're watching the show. But um, a lot of the comments are agreeing. A lot of the county, you know, this one just came yeah. in about, you know, can't have citizens overseeing the police. You know, it's, it's common sense. And there's a lot of people yeah. that now, have these thoughts. Put together a board of professionals and law enforcement, whether it's retired and so on and so forth. If you want to put one citizen on there so that everybody knows yeah, fair. that there's a link and they're part of the team, fine. But not absolute. You don't go from no yeah. uh, uh, oversight to total oversight. No, not at all. Especially no. when they don't have any idea on why some of the the right the rules and the regulations and the way the police do things are done. Yep, they just don't know. You know, we you need, don't know because you haven't been through years of training to know that. We need to uh, put together a bus ride for Cleveland City Council and send them to Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, Columbus, yeah. all the places where downtowns are thriving and work and just bring it back home there are some things that are unique to cleveland we have one of the greatest zoos in the world Mm -hmm. there should be a college there a hospital there where we train the finest veterinarians for all kinds of animals in the world because god knows there are animals all over this planet that could use a little bit of help so if we created those are engines that make money and could create Mm -hmm. worldwide 
reputation. We live on the shores of the Great Lakes, which is the last most precious and vital body of fresh water in the entire world. Sure. There should be an institute here to make sure that the Great Lakes, with all the farming, with all the runoff, with all the stuff that's going to happen, and I'm Mm -hmm. not saying don't use fertilizer and do all that stuff, but if you're going to deal with what the Great Lakes are, find a way to cope with it, clean it up, make things better, make sure there's fish, make sure there's no algae, but that Great Lakes Institute should be right here in the city of Cleveland. I've listed 10 things. Mm-hmm. that could put Cleveland on the map for each sure. one of those things. If he and does two of them, it's a good first step. Sure. And the one thing you mentioned, which I, I will absolutely going to annoy everybody by saying this, I have a business in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. You know, my, my pinball place is, is, is in Aliquippa, which is right near Pittsburgh. It's maybe right. 25 minutes from Pittsburgh. So I'm, I'm in that town a lot. You know, I'm obviously, I spend a good amount of time in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? amazingly better city than Cleveland today. Yes. And I love Cleveland. I love Cleveland. And it sickens me to say that Pittsburgh is better at anything. And here's one simple reason. There are public parking lots in all four corners of the city. If you go to one part of town and park your car and you want to shop downtown all day, you get in your car and drive to the other parking lot and you still still paid for your parking for the day. That is a nice deal. How hard is that? That's wow. how you shop in one part of town, mm-hmm. go to a museum on another part of downtown, go have dinner at another part of downtown, and then go home and say, wow, I had a good day downtown. Yeah. And they do a they do a much better job at, at police presence. You you don't feel you don't feel like you're in a concentration camp. Amen. You know, you, you it's it's comfortable, but you see enough police to where you know you better not act like an ass. You and know, you want to develop some civic pride, take all the public schools, all the high schools, and give credit for kids that come downtown and improve it, clean it up, tear down all the yeah. other stuff, teach construction, teach all of the stuff that the city needs to operate, put them in uniforms, make it a civic city uh, peace corps, for God's mm-hmm. sakes, and go from there. And the other exactly. thing you do is don't start your discussions in city hall. Start them in our neighborhood churches and visit with each other, share with each other, talk with each other, learn not to hate each other and let's get along. Right. All right, Mike. And I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, cause we are already up against it and I got to do another one here in a little bit. So I got to okay. go, but, uh, this has been really a lot of fun. Thanks for, uh, sitting in and tolerating me instead of Seth. That was, this oh. has been a lot of fun, man. No, you've been great. It's been good. You brought a great guest. And uh, I'm, I, you know, it's the first show of the new year with you. Seth and I are going to go places and do things. I'm looking forward to being a part of all of that. I'm grateful for all the sponsors and we're especially our heart is with everybody listening and who's a part of the show. And we'll go from there. Happy new year, everybody. God bless. And just on real quick on my side, um, by all means, make sure if you um, only caught part of this and you want to catch it again, that you check it out on YouTube or Facebook or the SethWilliamsShow.com. Make sure you do that. And if you want to hear me using my potty mouth, I went the whole two hours with that. <laughs> you did. an F word. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> I went the whole time without swearing. But if you want to hear me swearing, you can tune in in an hour to uh, ChrisAiken.net, where I will be swearing and doing the much dirtier uh, Chris Aiken Presents. So, um 
that'll wrap it up for this show. But thanks everybody for watching, for listening, for podcasting it, for however you're enjoying it. And um, with any luck, Seth will be back with Mike on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Good night, everybody. All right, guys. Good night, Chris. Thanks. Peace.